the Old School Red Hill Podcast is a production of Impulse Radio. This and every Old School Red Hill Podcast is brought to you by your friends at Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, People State Bank, Andrews Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Huff, Sosimski, Bingo, Holman, Kerchie, Pimbleton, Shirkin, Run, Senorita, Poland, Fred Kendall, Grisbar equals baseball. Otis Hamill, Brian Hamill, Smoke Dogs, Gary Hill. <laughs> Greg Ford, Eric Coles, Hilltop Tavern, Alex Stoles, John Brooks, David Green, Brando's the best we've seen. Sperry Store, Ray Pink, Hardacre, and the Bank. Maddo Bosley, Breakdance, False Start for Doug Shay. False Start for Doug Shank, and you are in to take a trip down memory lane and old school Red Hill podcast on the Impulse Podcast Network. I am Brian Emmons and very, very glad to have you with us for another tidbit in the oral history of Red Hill High School. And the whole gang is here. We got David King south of Bridgeport, out of the fields. Everything's in the ground. David, welcome back to the podcast. How you guys doing? Good to be back. I say welcome back. I guess you were here on the last one. Yeah, I was here for the game. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I should remember you that won. since you won. Yeah. Uh, on the bottom left of my Zoom screen, old number nine, getting his golf game in shape. We'll talk about that a little bit, Mr. Gary Emmons. Good evening, guys. Good to see you. And top left, the leader in old school nation, started the Facebook page, helped me create the podcast, Mr. Chip Jamerson. Hello, and I we had that Doug Shank false start. Go back in the archives, the 8081 episode. Gary does an excellent job narrating that state track meet in Charleston in May of 81. So highly recommend going back and listening to that. You know what a heartbreaker. Yeah, and those are the things that you that I hey, you know, I've learned a lot of stuff as we've gone through this. That's one thing I didn't know about. No, that was, that was new to me. And boy, talking about some of the heartbreaks that this school has had, boy, that is one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you said heartbreaker and that just kind of, cause it rhymes. Hey, um, it sounds like Doug Hardacre who had had a, a little health scare and a, a bad heart attack. Sounds like he's going to kick out of this one and, uh, sounds like he's doing well. So, uh, yeah, all of saw, our best to Doug. back at home. So that's great. It's awesome. great to see awesome. him back. At- <laughs> Yeah, glad yeah. glad to do that. If if Doug or the, or the family listens, we were all really pulling for you. So we've talked a lot about Doug. Talked about having an episode um, about Doug and his exploits on the on the courts and the field. So really happy to to hear that that he uh, he made it through that real serious health scare. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, also, let's talk about. I had a few people text and 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 talk to how great the game show was. They really liked those game shows. Um, we kind of spaced those out, but they're a lot of fun to do. Gary, great job on that. And, uh, um, this time I don't think anybody thinks I got cheated. Everybody knows I just got beat in this one. Congratulations, David King. But that was a lot of fun guys. King came up with a couple answers I didn't think he would have to really think I would get, I didn't think I'd get the Staunton one. That's what, that's the one that surprised me. And if we had, if we hadn't have watched that uh, if we hadn't have watched that game last spring, I wouldn't have got it. But. Well, me me having picking the right category the time that that Neil Tank Heath was an answer really helped me out because <laughs> I was in desperate need of some points. Uh, but this uh, podcast, just like everyone, is brought to you by, of course, our sponsors: Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport, People State Bank, Andrews Insurance Agency, of course, a division of Burkhart Insurance Agency, and Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. We'll hear more from those fine sponsors throughout the show. Let them know that you hear about them on the Old School Red Hill Podcast. We'd appreciate that, and I'm sure they would too. And uh, and uh, please visit those businesses, and we would appreciate it. And if you can. And if you think it's warranted, give us a five-star rating. But most importantly, hit the subscribe button. That way you get uh, you get new episodes every time they come out, and uh, you'll know uh, you'll know when they're here. So here we go, another new episode, Mr. Chip Jamerson. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, you talked about how people 
how you've learned some things and learned about some heartbreakers and other things. I think we're going to do some educating on this episode. Okay. We're going to go back 35 years to May of 1987. And we're going to get into the, we're going to really just focus in on one thing. This is going to be part of a three-part series that we'll have throughout the summer. And we're going to get into the 1987 baseball regional. And that's all, that's going to be our focus tonight. We're not, not, nothing else, just the 87 regional. And we're going to talk, and later in the summer, we'll get into the 1991 regional and the 1993 regional. This was during that era. These were all teams, either won regionals or made it to the regional championship game during that era. And one thing I was thinking about when you're talking about um, Doug Hardacre, this was, in my opinion, and I know we're probably biased here, this was the heyday for, for Red Hill baseball, kind of this, this mid to late eighties into the end of the early nineties. And Doug Hardiker was one of those people that had a big part of that. It was also those early eighties where when I know we're biased, but it's yeah. when Bridgeport little league was, was peaking in our, in right. probably our opinions. So, and uh, Doug Hardiker had a big, and along with a, a lot of coaches that, you know, like Mike Smith and Galen Holtz and then um, many others. So, yeah, we're going to get the 87 regional. It's a great team. Brian will fill us in a little bit on the team. Brian was a member of this team, and we'll get more into that as we go. And also during this time, 30, when I think back to 35 years ago, this was about, about two weeks after the regional, the big earthquake of 87 yeah. was, I believe, June 10th, 1987. So as I was researching, that was right. I'll ne I believe I was with Gary Emmons when this happened, uh, along with some other people. Um, you were in, his, we, we were basically in Martha Casper's backyard. Yeah, right, right in between Gary's and Casper's backyard there and where we played wiffle ball. And because you had the raised fence as your home. I mean, it couldn't have been more perfect. I mean, you had the raised fence as your <laughs> fence. And so, yeah, we were out there. I believe Christy Ray was with us. Uh, I know Corey was not with us. I think a couple of the other Ray boys, maybe Jubal, Jubal Satterway Treadway, I think may have been with us at that time. So, um, yeah. So that was the thing that came to my mind when I'm thinking of this, of this time period. So, as I said, we're getting the 87 baseball regional. Uh, Red Hill played three games in that regional, and we'll go game by game and kind of um, get a little nitty-gritty on each game there. We actually have, as I said, a member of that team, Brian M. And so, Brian, do you want to kind of give us a recap of the season up until the regional? Yeah, and and this was really um, a special a special team for me personally. Um, I mean, I, I, I – went out for football my junior and senior year and had a blast playing for coach Evans and, and, but I really wasn't a football player. I loved basketball, kind of had to have my knee cleaned up and, and was going to come out late for basketball my senior year and, and, and Stacy and Lance and those guys, it was their time, you know, so I, I didn't even go out for basketball and, and honestly wanted to have a lot of fun in the stands with Neil and, and some of my friends and, and did that. But, but, I was a baseball player and, and we pointed to this season because we had been, we had had our heart broken, um, an awful lot, you know, my freshman, sophomore, junior year in the regional. And, and we pointed to this as our chance to really do something. And, and so going into this season, it was kind of a unique team to the point where we all played a lot when we were young. Um, obviously Shannon, you know, being just, a, an all conference, um, should have been. I, I just don't think back then, you know, we got the credit that we probably deserved at times. And 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 a, a talent like a Doug, a Shannon Grismer in baseball should have been recognized more statewide than what they were. I believe um, that just didn't happen back then. I think now with with Twitter and and Facebook and everything else, I think a, a guy of that talent probably gets a lot more attention. Go ahead. And Brian, that's what we're here for. That's what the old school Red Hill podcast, we're going to give those teams and those individuals the credit that they didn't get back then. We we give it to them now. So tonight is the night where yeah. uh, the 87 team gets the, the respect that it deserves. Go ahead. I just want to jump in with that. Yeah. So, um, but so, so we played, we played young. I mean, I started second base starting my freshman year. Shannon obviously was a huge part of the team starting his, his, uh, 
freshman year. I mean, he was he was one of the ace pitchers, played shortstop, um, obviously batted in the middle of the lineup, and and you know, but on down the line, Bobby York played a lot of innings as a youngster. Bob Bowser did. Um, we had a veteran team that played a lot of innings and a lot of baseball together, um, and and then you know you mix in this younger class. Um, of sophomores with Stacy Lance, Clifford, Jimmy Worth, um, the juniors, Steve Wagner, and, and Bingo Holman, Jerome Thacker. Um, so we had a nice mix of a lot of different classes. Um, we had good left-handed pitching with Bobby York. We had, you know, Heat with with Shannon. We had Stacy that could mix things up, and and then we had some, you know, other guys. Steve Wagner uh, did some some stuff on the mound. Um, I threw a few innings here and there. I was not by any means a pitcher. I'd come in relief in, in very, very dire situations. But um, it was just a – it was a very baseball-centric focused group of guys, and, and we were really itching to get this, to get this season started. Um, but the great thing about this team was – the role players that we had, and, and I mentioned all those guys, but I can't tell you, you know, James Perrin had just some of the craziest pinch running uh, plays that you'll ever see. I mean, he would he would take off when you exactly shouldn't take off, get in a rundown, and somehow make it. I mean, it became just... It was we would just be cracking up and cheering because he made so many good plays. If you look down through the newspaper, Steve Blackwell, who was a senior, would come off the bench and had some big hits. Um, like I said, um, uh, Todd Hardacre had had some big hits. So you know, just a lot of people. We had a, another funny thing that that happened. Jerome Thacker went into a deep, deep slump during that season, but then had like nine straight bunt hits. I mean, we just had a lot of weird <laughs> things happen throughout that season. But and and then we you know, we had uh Cindy Brown and, and uh Jamie Gray and Tracy Adamson as our our managers and, and they just did a super job and Brian Small was a part of that and and then of course Coach Evans who who as much as I love Coach Evans as a football coach, he took baseball and you guys know this. I mean, he took baseball very, very seriously, and he ran yeah. it. I mean, he ran it like a real baseball team. And, and Yes, he did. And so we went into this season with a lot of high hopes, and we started off exactly like we wanted to. We started off 9-0. and And wow. we, yeah, we were rolling and, and playing real well. And then I actually was surprised. So we, we lost our, our, our first game of the year to Mount Carmel at home, uh, and – and that's when things and I didn't really realize that we hit the skids quite as much as we did and and got to thinking and matter of fact I was texting with Stacy I I was shocked how much we did at one point we were we were 9 and 0 and then I know at one point we went to 12 and 8 and I thought okay. man I don't remember hitting that then I got to looking I think Shannon had a little bit of lower back issues Bobby York went out with mono uh, we had a couple other people get Ding, dinged up and, and we were messing with the lineup a little bit here and there um so people out of position just to touch but if you look at the end of the year we ended up 16 and 9 so we were another, we were 9 and 0 run. yeah 9 and 0 12 and 8 16 and 9 so you know we we got things got things going and um and it was it was it was a magical season we 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 just had a lot of really really good Good games. Yeah, go ahead, Chip. So a couple things there. One is, so during this 9-0 run, was it during, which winning streak? I, I believe at one time in a daily record, you guys were maybe referred to as the cardiac kids. Uh, was that was that early in the year, or was this in this late season run where we were the cardiac kids? Yeah, we got that name early because we were – we didn't blow many people out. We we had a lot of close games, and and I think that's a lot where that veteran team kind of came mm -hmm. in. And and you mentioned little league, all those little league great coaches that we had, and then you know a lot of those guys played pony league baseball over in Sumner mm -hmm. together for Russell Adams. So we had all played a lot of baseball together, and and you know 
we're used to being in in tough situations. So we just never gave up. And I know Coach Evans um, mentioned that uh, when we get to the semifinal that we just we just never quit. And so that that name kind of got stuck on us early. Um, I can remember one game in particular that we we went over to Vincennes Reveille and we faced Brian Carey over there who threw in the low 90s and just threw heat. And he every time we would face him, he would pretty much mow us down the first time around the lineup. But then we would we would eventually we would eventually catch up to him. I remember Bobby Bowser homered off of him. Um, and 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 that led to a big victory. And that's why I say it was it wasn't always Shannon hitting bombs or or you know Bingo you know driving in two with with a, a line drive to the gap that he was so known for. I mean it was it was everybody you know doing doing the job. And and another thing I noticed you got about 20, 23 or twenty four regular regular season games before even the regional. So that shows us. I'm sure Keith has all these statistics in front of him, but a great, a dry spring. You got a lot of games in. We know there's some years where we've only got like 13 or 14 regular. I know that 91 season, it seems like we hardly played any. I know our record, yeah. we didn't play very many games that year. So that great. You got a dry. Sp- so Keith, do you have any information with you? I, don't I, know, I have no memory of this. this. <laughs> I'm a 1987 <laughs> well, I will tell you this. And I, you know, I, I don't take credit for too many things. One, I take, uh, I, I'm the one that talked John Brooks into order in the warmups with basketball warmups with the hoods on them. Yes. And <laughs> I begged Coach Evans to schedule more games in case we had a wet spring because yeah. I did not want to play, you know, 10 games in my senior year of baseball. Oh, because so, the worst part is when you don't schedule very many games, you get all these rainouts, then you don't have a game scheduled on a Wednesday afternoon where the weather is perfect. Exactly. And you're sitting there practicing on a Wednesday afternoon in April when it's 80 degrees outside. And so, I, yeah, I, I, always I can, over-scheduling baseball. I can remember that. Con- I can remember exactly that conversation that, that we had. And, and uh, hey, before we keep going let's play a, you know our favorite game let's play a little uh sponsor roulette all right uh gary emmons do you want one two three or four always have to go with number one number one and that is and that is we are looking for insurance we hope that you would call the andrews insurance agency at 542 main street in bridgeport Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. And, of course, Andrews Insurance Agency, now part of the Burkhart Insurance Agency. Go see T-Bone and Juice. So a um, couple other things about that season before we jump into postseason play. Um, funny stat, I was actually uh, kicked out of three ba- baseball games my senior year. One wow. down in Fairfield, I, I uh, they instituted the rule where you had to slide. I mowed over the catcher and got thrown out. Um, another time I came around third base and didn't touch third base and Doug Hardacre called me out for not touching third base and he is Hardacre. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Evans and I both argued that. I think we both got tossed that day. The Hardacre tossed you as well. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it was like a big league one too. Like Coach Evans holding me back. And, uh, and then the best one though, third. Oh no. Wasn't even close. And then the best one, um, was Pat, the late great uh, Pat Clark from Vincennes was umpiring behind the plate, and they had, before this season they had instituted a new rule where you couldn't a batter couldn't just call time and step out of the box. You had to call time and be granted time before there was actually if that didn't happen and the pitch happened no matter where it was it was a strike. So, and I can't even tell you who right now who we're playing, but we're at home. Pat's behind the plate. I call for time. Pitcher was taken forever. I call time. Pat grants me time. I step out. Pitcher throws it. Pat calls a strike. This was obviously early in the season, brand new rule. And I said, Pat, what are you what are you doing? He said, Nope, new rule, new rule. I said, No, no, Pat, that's not how the new rule is. If I 
if you grant me time, it's not a strike. Nope, new rule, new rule. Throws his hands up. And so Coach Evans now comes meandering down from third. I'm sure he's, you know, thinking Evans is causing trouble again. So he come and he said, Pat, what's going on? And, and Pat explained it to him. And Bill looks at me like, Brian, what are you doing? I said, what he said is 100% true, except he gave me time. Yeah. And and he said, oh, yeah, I gave him time, but that's the new – and so then now we're both going at Pat, and and I don't know if he tossed Bill that day, but he but he tossed me. So, um, oh, yeah, right. we had fun. Um, and that, I believe your theme song was the hit song from the spring of 87 by Starship, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, which, I mean, when you're on a 9-0, nine, 9-game nine winning streak, I mean, it's perfect. Nothing's gonna stop us now. Yeah, Bill Except Evans re- rewrote the lyrics. Yeah. Lower, lower back pain. <laughs> rewrote the lyrics to say everything when they said you it was blue we had a uh we had a thing where we we had a great big stereo on the bus and we'd play the the beginning of uh uh iron man that guitar part on of iron man when we'd get off the bus and so lots of cool stuff we did but uh so we go into tournament play you know kind of like i say we 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 started off hot kind of cooled off in the middle but Going into tournament play now, we've got everybody back. We're getting our rotation good. You know, Shannon's our ace, no question about it. But what we could do, we could throw Shannon and then mix it up either in relief or come back the next game with with Bobby throwing left-handed, Bobby York, and then, um, and then you know, in relief for either one of those guys. Um, throw a lot of junk with Stacy and, yeah. and and Stacy knew how to pitch. I mean, he could throw heat, junk, but but we had we had some some good pitchers. Yep. I wanted to get into a little bit even before that because I was looking and doing my research. I was just a a, a young and at, at this particular time, I wasn't probably paying a whole lot of attention. But after winning your first nine and you lost, of course, several in a row, looked like the third of the last regular season game. You guys were still in the hunt for the the NEC title at that point, still too. And had a really, really terrible loss to four that knocked you guys out of it uh, going into that. And there was two more games leading into the tournament, and uh, one of them was against Lawrenceville. And I know you're talking about Bobby. Bobby was kind of left-handed. He didn't throw hard. He was just more of like your, like a Greg Maddox type of a guy. They kind of painted the corners, yeah. And uh, the game against Lawrenceville just a few days before the tournament starts, and Bobby had a really rough game. He through seven innings, through the whole game, they gave it 13 hits and five walks. And you guys only lost seven to six, which is amazing, giving up that many that yeah. many base runners. And then you had a wild one against Grayville in the last game of the season. And that one, you beat Grayville 18 to 12. So another game with some, maybe uh, Coach Evans tries to start Steve Wagner. He gets roughed up, bring in Shannon for two, and then Stacy finishes game. Uh, on the final four innings, but going into the tournament, you know, you score 18 runs, you got to be feeling good, but giving up 12, but he did try to start somebody to save those three arms. We keep talking about, he's trying to save those guys for the tournament and then it didn't work out. And you have to now use both Shannon and uh, Stacy leading in, um, leading into that that regional that uh, started on Thursday, May 21st. And what, what, what a game that was. And, and let's get, we're going to get into that game and just say, I had one question though. Yep. I'm drawing a blank here. Who was coach Evans's assistant on this team? We didn't have one. I, was gonna yeah. say, I, don't, I don't remember having an assistant when I was in, yeah, in no, high school. Yeah, no, there was no assistant. It was just, <laughs> I guess, kind of me, I guess. Yeah. Because <laughs> just because I, I had the biggest mouth, I guess. Because I played two years of JV baseball, but the only player I can, but like even during our JV games, the only coach, I mean, Coach Evans, I know he was definitely coaching third base during those games. I'm, yeah. I remember him giving the signs. So. I know we had Todd I don't think when I played but yeah, I think he was at yeah. So he he was like later on. Did he help out Coach Bagby in '90 or? Um, I think Todd started maybe my sophomore year. Okay, so Bagby may have been solo in '90, yeah, and then so we I started getting assistant. Yeah, I don't remember. And I'm trying not to have an assistant when you're playing a full JV schedule as well. Not to have an assistant coach. And I'm trying to think who coached first base. Um, and I know I, I think Steve. It seems like Steve Blackwell coached first base a lot. Yeah, you just put a helmet on. Just put a helmet on and head down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you know that's a good point. Talking about that, we probably all just kind of run. 
our, our let's just say our stock lineup. If we went out and it it was you know our number ones on the mound. If Shannon's on the mound, Steve Wagner did most of the catching. Jimmy Worth was his was his backup. Caught caught a few innings. Lance Smith was at first. I was at second. Um, Stacy would be at short. If Stacy was on the mound, Shannon would go to short. Um, Tony Bingo Holman at third base. Bobby Bowser in left, Bobby York in center, Jerome Thacker in right. That was that was kind of That's the great the lineup. stock lineup. And then you'd have Clifford York that could play, you know, he could could sub in any of the outfield positions, and we had several guys Lance, that could move Lance around. Lance played. Uh, I noticed Lance uh, had some big at bats. Yeah, Lance too. Lance was at first. Yeah. Okay, you did say that. Okay, yep. I'm sorry. Yep. So, so that's kind of where we're at, you know, heading into the into the tournament. So let's play before we get into the tournament. Let's play some uh, some sponsor roulette. We've got two, three, and four left. David King. Me number four. Four. Since 2002, People's State Bank has supported Lawrence County and served their financial needs in four different locations: Bridgeport, Sumner. St. Francisville and Lawrenceville. Stacy Moore, our fellow Saluki and his staff are so happy to help you. And, and just like they help youth sports and 4-H events, they've sponsored Pack the Place. And well, now they're helping out with this podcast and we truly appreciate their sponsorship. All kind of financial needs, whatever you need, just go see the folks at People State Bank. Again, it's in Bridgeport, Sumner, St. Francisville and Lawrenceville. For all your financial needs, go see People State Bank. Member FDIC. All right, let's head into the regional. So, Gary, did you want to start this uh, quarterfinal game against Edwards County? Where, where, um, and I got the article in front of me as well. Whatever you want to yeah. do, Gary. Well, I, I was going to start out. Like I said, it was, it was a crazy, crazy game just from the standpoint of the score, I guess, I guess number one, Red Hill comes into the regional at 13 and nine. It was the record uh, uh, coming into this game. Um, you had Bobby York was going to be the the starter. And I'm sure coach Evans had the, he had, a, if, if the thing was perfect, you probably go, it's one of those things, you, you know, he has Bobby going, Bobby York going in the first game. And then do you throw Shannon on Saturday to get to the championship or do you throw Stacy? I'm not sure what it is. In my opinion, you throw Shannon on Saturday and then you throw him again on Tuesday with that rest in there, but we'll see what happens here. Did you and happen to see how many days after that Grayville game that this was by chance? Uh, that was you played Grayville on May 16th, and this game was Thursday, May 21st. So you had okay. five. I guess, I guess not that long, but it's yeah, that that yeah, that was enough. So you had, uh, and we were playing at home. So we got the first game of the regional. Usually is uh, at the higher seed, and going into this regional, Mount Carmel was the number one seed, Red Hill was the number two seed, and Lawrenceville was the number three seed heading into this into this regional play. So you have uh, Bobby York, starting pitcher for the game and uh, like I said the, the first inning he gave up three runs to start the, the, the first inning but Red Hill comes back with two in the uh, bottom of the first to get it, get it to three two so again yeah your starter gives up three that's a little bit worrisome when you when you start off the game um, giving up quite a few runs in the games leading up to this so it's probably a little bit of a concern can the offense score enough to to do it um, We'll get into more of the details, but Red Hill ends up winning 17 to 16 in this game, a football score uh, and first round play. And our very own Brian Emmons, of course, they had they walk leading up to Brian's a game winning base hit. They walked Shannon because Shannon had already had, I think, at least one homer. He was four for four in the game. And uh, so they walked Shannon to get to Brian O, and Brian O comes through with a big game winning hit after they walked Shannon. And uh, score the winning run there in the uh, bottom of the seventh inning to win 17 to 16. 33 hits in this game, um, 30, 33 runs, six errors combined. So not the prettiest game from the standpoint. Brian, what do you remember about that game? And maybe that even that a bat leading up to the when when you see him putting up, up the four fingers for Shannon, you know it's your time. I remember I I didn't hit the ball like what I would have probably like to my senior year but I never never hit for power my whole career always wanted to never did um I went into a weird thing going into my probably the last two weeks of the season suddenly I started hitting hitting the ball 
I had a bad habit of hitting down on the baseball and I, I just or, or not swinging all the way through and I made good contact. I got a lot of hits, but I just I, I didn't hit for much power. And for some reason something clicked the last couple of weeks. I started hitting it a little harder and, and a little farther. And I hit two balls in that game. And the only reason I remember this is because I hit one off the fence and I remember telling Bill after I I think I scored it was after the inning or whatever and he he said something to me about you know about hitting that so hard and I said I'm never going to homer if I didn't homer on that one I'm never hitting a home run because I can't hit a ball harder than that and uh so but but I I do I do vaguely remember them walking and that happened to me a lot you know they walked Shannon to get to me quite a bit and uh it was always kind of a Jeff Trickett did a lot for Lawrenceville and and uh and and he would always just look at me and grin, and I'd wink at him, and because I had a lot of respect for Coach Trickett. But, um, but you know, and there's nothing more satisfying as a batter when when uh, when that happens, you know, when they walk him. But but uh, I I'm pretty sure I you know I've never been one to to keep my mouth shut, and I'm I'm pretty sure after after that happened um, that I think I had a couple of choice words for their dugout after I got that hit. Yeah. Well, Red Hill, we, we led 11-5 to five after we scored four runs at the top of the third. Then Edwards County comes back with seven, uh, seven runs to take a 12-11 to 11 lead after just three innings of play. A guy by the name of John Williams uh, of Edwards County fame hit a grand slam that inning. Then we scored single runs in the fourth and fifth to take a 13-12 to 12 lead. But then they added a run in the sixth to tie, tie to 13. <laughs> And then, you, of course, then, then you go on from there. Uh, Bobby York, he threw only, was able to get through two and a third. And then, of course, now, now you're forced in the tight game to bring in uh, Shannon. Yeah, you can't save him till Saturday now. I mean, you no, got to try gotta, to win this game right now. And, you know, and that was a thing that, you know, and I, I never had mono. and But I can tell you, Bobby – even when he got cleared to play, he was he wasn't the same as he was. He just he just didn't have the strength and stamina and conditioning that he had prior to that. He just he just wasn't the same as as he was before that. Bobby York was one hell of a baseball player, and he just he just didn't he you know one of those just unfortunate things his senior year. He just he just never had it like he did before that. I'm trying to figure this out here. The game was at home, but it says we were the visitors. Well, it was part. I so just we were already set was, to be the because it was just part of tournament play. Yeah. Well, and um, but we were the number yeah. two seed. That's why I'm a little. That's why I'm not understanding why we wouldn't have been the home team. But yeah, um, well, the the box score shows us batting last, though. It does. Okay. Yeah. But then it talks about this. So it's a little bit. Maybe whoever Mr. Joe Jones, legendary <laughs> Joe Jones. Maybe the article was just written uh, uh, a little bit out of order. Oh, we here, got but. excited. <laughs> but I mean, both teams scored three in the in the um, seventh inning to tie it up at sixteen. Then going into into the eighth inning, and uh, like I said, Shannon was only able to get through four and two thirds. And you bring in Stacy Moore. Stacy comes in with a runner on first, and then strikes out the side uh, to end Edwards County's uh, evening there. On that, so um, for a sophomore, pretty tough to come in and do that. But uh, he came in and shut the door pretty hard uh, for that seventeen to sixteen win. Looks like in the box score, uh, Bingo Holman, Shannon Grismer, Bobby York, and Brian Emmons all had doubles in the game. Shannon hit his seventh homer of the season in this game as well. So they they were definitely scared of him, and they were gonna they weren't gonna let him beat them there in the eighth. And they but they lost anyway. They tried to pitch the old Brino there. All right. Yeah, I was just saying. Let's let's just do another sponsor roulette. Um, all right. What number you want? Well. Let's see. We're down to Pizza House and Gray's, and you can't really go wrong either way. It's all food. It's all food now. <laughs> Let's go. I, I Last episode, I correctly predicted where Pizza House would be, so I'm going to go for Gray's this time. I'm see Gray, Gray's is sitting in the three-hole today. So three. Hey, it's time to go out to eat, and I know where you need to go, and that is Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. The legendary place that people flock to from all over the area for those great catfish dinners, hand-cut steaks, tenderloins, the greatest cheeseburgers on the planet. That's the place to go get it. Check out their daily lunch specials and any weekly features on their Facebook page. 
They're open for dine-in, carry-outs available. Give them a call, 945-9501. For over 75 years, they've been doing it. So let the Gray family cook for your family today. So, So that was a Thursday night. We got graduation the next day. Friday, May 22nd, graduation night. I know now Red Hill goes with the Sunday graduation, which I can't argue that just because you got track, state, and we've had kids that have like, had to rush back from Charleston from state track meet. You got, yeah. you know, say this game gets rained out on Thursday. Now you're going to play this regional game on Friday. You got graduation that night. Sunday just stays away from everything. So we got graduation. I did see in the daily record, Bobby York, the off, he's been mentioned a lot on this pod so far. His graduation party was going to be That's Saturday right. afternoon. Yep. There was an ad in the an ad in the Daily Record that Bobby York's graduation party has been moved to Saturday night because <laughs> Red Hills playing Saturday <laughs> afternoon against the cross county rivals, the Lawrenceville Indians. Yep. And and Gary, you're doing a great job with the game recap, so I'm fine just jumping in with little tidbits here and there if you want to kind of keep it going. Brian, what do you got? Well, I was just going to – you know how I like to do this. As we head into May 23rd, my graduation, uh, the biggest game of our lives going against our rivals, let's talk about the top 10 songs on the Billboard right. Hot 100. At number 10, Poison comes in with Talk Dirty to Me. At number 9, Madonna, La Isla Bonita. At number eight, Atlantic Star. I would later sing this song yes, at my uncle's would, wedding. Later, yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> at number seven, Fleetwood Mac comes in with Big Love. Number six, Brian Adams with, anybody know? Heat of the Night. Heat of the Night. Okay. Number five, Cutting Crew. I Just Died in Your Arms. Not a bad song. Number four, Kim Wilde, You Keep Me Hanging On. Number three, Chris DeBerg with The Lady in Red. Jody Watley at number two with Looking for a New Love. And the number one song in the country is the Red Hill Salukis go against the Lawrenceville Indians in the regional semifinal. You two with or without you. And thanks to our friends at Spotify, we can't play them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this game was now held just two days later. If uh, both Red Hill and Lawrenceville make the trip down to Grayville, Grayville's now hosting uh, the regional. Um, we're going to have uh, Delmer Waters facing off against Stacy Moore in the, in the semifinal. So Stacy coming off that save is now going to start the game. And we threw one inning on Thursday, so he's going to come in and going to be the starter today. Game started off a little rough for the Slukes. Uh, the Lawrenceville played two runs in the second when Chris Seitzinger, and that's Chris, he's the coach of the – Yeah. All right. Yep. So, yes. uh, coach Chris Seitzinger led off the inning with the second home run of the season. He was their catcher. Uh, to, to deep center. And then uh, with two outs, Doug Schultz drew a walk, stole second, and scored on a double by left field Greg Smith. Um, Seitzinger then popped his second home run of the game, leading off the fourth, and Gus Gillespie – uh, everybody likes Gus. Gus ripped the two, ripped a home run to right center, chasing Stacy Moore for the game. And we're down now, fellas. We're down uh, five to two at this point. Yeah, and and I want to talk about this Lawrenceville team. Obviously, we played a ton of baseball against and with these guys, but we had been seeing Delmer in big games since Little League All Stars. You know, I mean, that's that's who they pitched. That was that was their ace um, in this class forever. Um, Jeff Tussie was their number two, and you knew going into this game we were going to see Delmer and we were going to see Tussie in relief, and that's just that's the way big games went. And but they were a lot like us. I mean, you've already heard Gus, um, Sight Singer. Um, you know, they they had a mix just like we did of of '87 grads and and '89 grads. You know, you heard Gus Tad was on that team, so they were our two teams were very very similar in makeup. And you mentioned earlier that Coach Trickett was the head coach. Interesting thing that Coach Trickett's son was a great baseball player, but had transferred to play at Reve, which I don't know, kind of surprising when his dad was the head coach at uh, at Lawrenceville. But uh, so they did not have Brad Trickett on this team. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. And, and like I say, played on a very good Vincent Gervais team. Not a great Vincent Gervais team. I right. think we handled them nearly every time we played them. Um, they they were very similar, actually, to Lawrenceville. You know, it was Trickett's uh, uh Steve Bono and Brian Carey instead of Brad Trickett, Jeff Tussie, and Delmer Waters. They were yeah. very, very, very similar. And um, but but anyway, it was just it's funny that the makeup, like I said, the makeup of this Lawrenceville team was very, very much like ours, and 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 we played them very evenly for years. It was it was a good rivalry. Now again, I'm I'm confused by Joe Jones's writing here. <laughs> he's got us. I mean, we're the number two seed. They're number three seed. So that would tell me we should be the home team. He's got us listed like that when you look at it. But then everything says that um, uh, we were that, we were definitely 100 percent the visitors. Which okay, which I'm trying to figure that makes no sense to me either. But um, but basically, all right, let's get into that. So we're down five to two going into the into the uh, the seventh inning. Brian just talked about. Uh, Coach Trickett and his respect for him and a lot, you know, walking Shannon is something that maybe you want to do, right? So basically got the load the bases loaded uh, or load the base with no outs or pitch to maybe one of the hottest hitters at that particular time, Shannon. Coach Trickett decides he's going to try to pitch around. Delmer Waters is pitching a pretty good game at that point. He said he was going to try to pitch around Shannon and it didn't, it didn't quite work. Shannon then slammed a three-run homer in the top of the seventh to tie the ball game at five to five. And you talk about big hits in regular history. That's gotta be one of them. Uh, when you're down five, two in the final inning, things aren't looking good, but you have your best, best hitter up two guys on, and they could have walked him very easily to lead to lead to Brino again, but they give up the big fly three run shot to Shannon to tie the game at five. And I got the quote from coach Evans here. He said, I couldn't believe waters threw it down the middle. Evans speaking of the waist high t- heater that Grismer deposited over the center field fence. Waters pitched a great game, but our kids never gave up. They have made a habit of coming back in games all season. Never think that they're out of a game if we have any at bats left. So what we're at five five now, Gary. We're at five five, and Coach Trickett said I thought about putting Grismer on, but he said, but that would have loaded the bases with none out and a lot of things. A walk, a wild pitch, a pass ball could have scored a run. Grismer been kept in check, and I felt Delmer deserved a chance to finish what he started. He just got the ball and got the fastball a little too high. I mean, you have a respect that he had a lot of respect for Delmer and his abilities there. He took a chance and it just came back, came back to bite him. So listen, we're tied at five, five all in the top of the seventh. Momentum has swung. And here comes the number number four hitter. Were, were you four or five hitter? Was Shannon the third or fourth? Um at that time, I think I, I had moved to four at that point. Um yeah, I'm, I'm I'm nearly positive I had moved to four at that point. So basically, we're five five. Out comes Brino, and well, it's easy to say here, or maybe the Brino in his entire career, Little League, all the way through uh, Babe Ruth League and uh, Sumner Pony League, and all these differently had never hit a home run in his entire life until probably the biggest moment of that season when Brino slams a back-to-back solo shot to take the lead in the regional championship. Now we're up 6-5 after that homer. What kind of a – obviously, we all know what that feeling was, but when you hit it, did you know it was gone? Did you did you think it had a chance? What's going through your mind? I knew I knew it had a pretty good chance. Um, Delmer just left it. He just left it right out on the outside corner and, and – you know, I was going with it and just caught it just right and just kind of lifted it over that right field porch out there. And, and it was, you know, it was a good pitch, but, you know, I was always going to anything on the outside, I was going with it because I wanted to just get on and, and then see if Bingo or, or one of those guys behind me could drive me in and, and just so happened to, like I said, I was starting to hit the ball a little harder and, and up for whatever reason and, and just and caught it. And listen my momentum was at an all-time high after just being on the on-deck circle and watching Shannon you know snatch victory out of the jaws of the at least potential victory out of the jaws of defeat with that three-run homer because we were in big trouble and uh so I mean I was just as jacked as I could be I'd I'd like to uh I'd like to see what happened if Shannon would have been walked would you would you hit the walk-off grand slam (laughs) well I don't know (laughs) 
That would have been a lot of fun, but that would have been, been probably the biggest sporting moment in Red Hill history. Yeah. Um, and I still think if you're looking back on it, that's probably something he probably kicked himself in the butt, butt for, but a pass ball or whatever, uh, you know, you give up one run then yeah. throwing to Shannon. I don't know. That's a, that's yeah. something I'm sure he probably never let himself forget. Uh, and and, and, and did it say how many outs? Cause I think we loaded the bases even after my Homer. Yeah, no, there were, there were no outs. Okay. He said that there was, yeah, there was no outs leading into that. So I mean, yeah. he was, he was, he was struggling and, um, you know, obviously in, they end up getting out of that inning. And, uh, you know, you, you bring in, like I say, Shannon's now come in. Shannon's now on his fourth inning pitch. Stacy got through three innings, gave up four runs, and then Shannon has to come in and pitch the rest of the game after Stacy threw three. He gives up one run the rest of the way. And then again, just like Stacy did the game before, Shannon strikes out the side to save the game and send now Red Hill to the regional championship. This was now Coach Evans's third regional final in five years. Yeah. Uh, hadn't, hadn't won one uh, yet to that point. And, uh, you know, I said you, you go to three in five years. It's pretty special at that particular time. Lawrenceville blew a 5-1 lead in this game. So just, you know, just heartbreaking for Lawrenceville, but that doesn't make me sad at all. Anytime you can beat Lawrenceville is great, and beating them like this is, is uh, pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, too, and, so. and this has obviously been a, a, a conversation starter between me and Delmer Waters all these years, and, and uh, I think I've, we've talked about this before, but um, it, it, it's always, you know, he just shakes his head because he knows what I'm about to say. But a um, couple things about that. After I homered and went back to the dugout, Mike Kurtz came up to me in the dugout and i'm still i don't know if he walked around the fence or i don't know he was in the dugout or right maybe just there was probably a, a little door there and he like grabbed me by the shoulders he goes where did you take that where did you take that and i i was i didn't know what to say and i just <laughs> stared at him he goes you took it downtown and he was just <laughs> screaming and it, it was crazy that and then on the way home i think i've told this maybe before too but on the way home on the bus, Scotty and Ashley, you know, both were little, Scotty and Ashley Evans, and, and they both were sitting next to me on the bus and both fell asleep in my arms driving home on the bus. And uh, I just was sitting there thinking, like, this is a pretty good day. You know, <laughs> this is pretty awesome. Yeah. And yep. uh, so that was a, it was a great day. And uh, one of the, obviously, you know, I've got a lot of good memories that don't involve sports in high school, but for the ones that do, that was a that was a pretty good one. Well, you know, a lot of good days in Bridgeport are capped off by you know what? Pizza. Pizza. Well, it's time for pizza, and there's no better place than Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Call 945-FOOD-DELIVERY, carry-out, dine-in, 7-inch, 10-inch, 14-inch, 18-inch, and that is a whopper whatever kind of pizza you want but i know it's june and the pizza of the month is the barbecue pulled pork they've teamed up with legacy meats you gotta try this it comes in 10 inch and 14 inch now listen to this barbecue sauce gonna start the whole thing off and then they're gonna put on freshly smoked pulled pork from legacy meats add onions mozzarella cheese then they're going to garnish it with sliced dill pickles and drizzle it with barbecue sauce come on you're talking my language now give them a call they're open tuesday through sunday four to nine course the first friday of every month 11 to one for lunch tyler griffin's pizza house nine four five food Future delivery men on this team, Brian Emmons, second baseman, and left fielder Bobby Bowser. That's true. Very true. So, game was scheduled. Again, we're playing in Grayville, and uh, Mount Carmel, the number one seed, did advance to the championship game. The game was scheduled to be played on Monday, as a lot of regional championship games were. But that, the, but I believe that would have been Memorial Day. So of course the game was on. I thought there was a rainout in there somewhere, but the game was definitely on May 26, which was the, which was the Tuesday. Tuesday I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And of course we're playing the Mount Carmel Golden Aces, and who are we gonna throw in this game? Who do you think? 
I think you gotta you, throw Grisbert. You gotta you? show. You gotta throw Shannon. It is gonna be Shannon a Grismer. And uh, like I said, we were uh, we are feeling pretty good going into this game. Uh, a couple of just really really big wins, and uh... Shannon versus Mike Ewald. Um, I mean, Ewald was their quarterback on a, on a, obviously a really good football team, and didn't have honestly didn't have as good a record coming into this game. He was seven and five, uh, which which kind of shocks me. But he was a really good pitcher through through some just some real gas and had an okay breaking ball um but uh but he was definitely their ace and and i couldn't really even tell you who else pitched for them um, because i don't think they which we'll talk about here in a few minutes but they pretty much relied on the right arm of mike ewald throughout their whole season and it was you know they came in and mount carmel came to that game they were, were sitting at 15 and 5 so i mean obviously they had a they had a, a really good a really good team um, like I said, Mikey Wald and, and the game it ended at a, in a heartbreaking way. We talk about these games all the time. We talk about, um, Red Hill and some of the heartbreaks we've had, but this one was tough. We did take an early lead one, nothing when a bingo Holman reached on an air and then Brino sacrificed him in it, sacrificed him in. Uh, but in the second, uh, Mount Carmel scored four times. Ewald walked. And then an Ed Drone uh, got a base hit, and Darren Peach, I believe it's Darren Peach. He was he was the football coach there for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then uh, Peach drove home uh, a couple runs, and and then another another run score on uh, Kevin Dykus, and then a wild pitch um, got another run to score. So, in all that, Mount Carmel scored four runs in the whole game, four singles and a walk, scored all those runs in the second inning. And that was all they got the entire game. So um, they did score four times. The unfortunate part was is that we Red Hill only scored three times in the game. And and uh, but the biggest part of this game was that last inning. Uh, Brian, take us through that last inning, and from what from what you remember. Well, um, I know, and I, and I can't remember how we got runners on. Uh, um, I, I feel like I feel like there was a walk. May have been two walks. It was either a walk and a single, or two walks, and 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 that put two people on. Yeah, runners on first and third when with Shannon coming to the plate. Yeah, and, and so it was three for three at this time. I think I think it was a walk, and then there was a single. So that's what put first and third, and and Shannon comes up and listen. There was no there was no more comfortable feeling when you were behind than having Shannon Grismer at the plate, as we had just seen, you know, two, three days before that. Um, you just knew Shannon was going to hit the ball hard somewhere. Even if it was right at somebody, he was going to hit the ball hard. He was going to make somebody make a play if he didn't just lose it for the pitcher, you know, over over one of the walls. And he did exactly that. Um, I can I can still see that pitch. I can still see that line drive being hit, and he just absolutely crushed the ball. If he doesn't hit it as hard as he does, the the ball game is tied at worst. Because what happened was he hit it and he hit it so hard, and I, I don't know if the wind held it up a little. Whatever happened, um, that Sutton that. He ended up being superintendent of Lawrenceville. Yeah, right? yeah. Mike Sutton Mike was Sutton. a sophomore at this time. He's playing right field, and and which I, he was he would have been shading towards center because Shannon didn't go to right field very often. He he was a pull hitter for sure, and so he's he's coming in. I think the wind brought it over to him a little. He dives, and I mean he's stretched out. So. If you know anything about baseball, if you're stretched out and it gets past you, you're in no man's land. You're waiting on the center fielder now. The guy on third obviously for sure scores. I'm not sure it would have probably been – well, there would have been some speed on first. Mm-hmm. They probably score to give us the lead. Shannon's on second at worst, most likely third. I'm coming up and, you know, you know, maybe get him in. Now we've got a two-run cushion. Yeah, you think with with two outs, the guy on first is on the move. Yeah, he caught so, the I ball mean, definitely. So you know, if that ball is bobbled or if it gets it gets by him, I mean, you got to think the run from first. I can't know how far of a fence that was in Grayville and how deep it was, but 
you got a good feeling that that, uh, that yeah. guy from first scores as well. And he, I mean, he caught it right off the top of the grass. I mean, he just and, he caught. I mean, he caught it. It was clean catch, and and nobody argued the fact that he didn't catch it. He just made one fantastic play. I mean, he was parallel to the ground and and just just caught it right before it hit the grass. And, Mike, and what, Ewald, Mike Ewald was quoted as saying, "I seriously thought he hit the ball out of the park. He jumped all over it. It was a fastball, and he hit it good." He got all of it and it went down the right field line. Then I saw Sutton out of nowhere. He just he's just Superman or something. He came running over there, dove and caught it. That made the whole game right there, that play. That you know, saved the game, you all added. It's good to hear because you know how you think of things in your mind. Um, like I remember the winning streak at the beginning of the season and the winning streak at the end. I kind of forgot that middle where we really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um I'm glad to hear that that's the way Mike Ewald described it because that's the way I remember it, you know. And, and I've got Sutton. I've actually got Mike Sutton's take on this, uh, the sophomore outfielder who went on to probably be one of the best baseball players that's ever played at Mount Carmel. He was really good. Um, he said, I got a late jump on it. I thought it was out at first. I started running back, and then I had to run up a little. So he thought it was gone. So the wind definitely I, caught it, you know. It, yeah. It, I mean, the wind grabbed it, and and that helped, and and uh, you know, it's it at worst, uh, worst for us, it's a tie ball game. Um, it's probably, and you know, listen, if it's tied, I'm coming up with two outs, and I'm I'm swinging it pretty good at the time, and and we got a man on second, so who knows? But um, wasn't to be. I mean, it it, it honestly, it, it was as good as Saturday felt. It 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 felt like. You know, not only do you you get hit, you know, you feel like you got hit in the head in, in the gut with a sledgehammer because at that moment, not only was this magical baseball season over, my high school career, you know, everything was mm-hmm. over. I mean, it, that it at that moment yeah. it all stopped. And, yeah. And Never it, it, baseball again. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it was. Coach Tim Buss said, this is one of the greatest high school baseball games I've ever seen. It's the biggest game I've ever been in. The kids are just excited. So, you know, obviously for, for Coach Buss, uh, it was, was a great game. Shannon ended up throwing seven innings. Just struck out ten. Um, he did walk uh, walk two, gave up seven hits. but gave up just four runs there and all in one inning. And then, you know, for for uh, the other five innings, I guess he would have pitched. He, he shut him shut him completely down. I thought it was interesting here. I was looking at this. Shannon Grismer in a five-day span through four and two-thirds, then four, then he threw another uh, four, and then he threw seven. So in six days, he threw 15 and two-thirds innings. And he would have um, thrown seven the next day if he needed to. Right, yep. you know, so mm-hmm. – um, you know, the, 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 the kid had a, I think this is, I don't even know if high school even has a pitch counts or anything now, but obviously back in the eighties and then the nineties, there was no such thing, but, um, you know, it's a, a heartbreaking way to end the season and all those emotions that are going through the talk about the highs and the lows of sports and what they do to you. And, that, that's, uh, probably no greater example than the high of the, uh, semifinal game. And then the, the, the low of the, the championship game. And, and I know Brian's made the comment to me many times before and um, about how, you know, and, I, and it, it's hard to argue with looking at these things. He really, and I kind of feel this way about some Red Hill basketball teams. He really felt this team could have made a run to the state tournament, maybe won the whole thing. I mean, and you look at the lineup, it's hard to argue that. And in baseball, it's, it's a, it's a one and done. That's why, it, and you see double elimination in so many baseball tournaments. That's why you see five and seven game series. College World Series plays a three-game series to end it, double elimination up to that. It's because just one game in baseball, you never know what's going to happen. So you, you can lose in the regionals if you're really good, or you can maybe take it all the way. And this team definitely had what it took to – could have gone all the way because um, Mount Carmel would go on to win their next – their sectional game. An interesting bus was not there. His son was sick. So um, he was home for the sectional – so you found some Pat Cheeseman took over and uh, they, they would win their next game. They did lose to Cobden who was undefeated um, had won like third, con- including their fall season. They'd won th- like 39 games in a row. Um, the Cobden apple knockers. 
So they lost to Cobden in the sectional title game, who would go on to finish second in the state. Um, they ended up losing their 39 game winning streak was stopped in the state title game. And there was not a super sectional back then, which surprised me. Um, you went straight from the sectional title game to the state tournament. So, um, yeah, I mean, look at, and I think now Carmel, I've got it right here, but I think they only lost five to four to cut the undefeated Cobden team. So, and I think they, Ewald pitched every inning again. Yeah, I, I have all that in front of me, but I I'm pretty sure. Me. And 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 his, I mean, his arm was about to fall off. I mean, he was the only pitcher they had. Uh, yeah, he says that. Yeah, I know. In this Cobden article, Bus was back for the championship game. Said um, he threw 130 some pitches, or and he pitched Monday and then came back and threw 130 pitches on. Yeah. Like Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I mean that—that that was the only pitcher that they had, and <laughs> and I'm telling you, Bobby York was a week stronger. Stacy was throwing good. Obviously, mm-hmm. we had Superman and Shannon. Um, I, I and, and listen, I don't know. I'm just mouthing off. Um, but I would take those. I would take that 87 Red Hill Salukis against Mount Carmel Cobden. Anybody, if that kid doesn't make yeah. that catch in right field, I would have taken our chances. Yeah, because it's not – yeah, I mean, Mount Carmel's not like they went and played Cobb and know this amazing Cobden team and got beat 19 to nothing. Right, right. I mean, they lost 5-4 to four with the guy that was pitching on yeah, – uh, uh, throwing about 230 pitches. Yeah, he, was, he, he was on fumes for sure. That's absolutely – that's absolutely So, yeah, I mean, sure. this is – yeah, it, it, this was definitely one of the best teams in the state that year. I mean, they're, you, you never know what's going to happen in a tournament situation, but they were definitely – one of the handful of teams that could Red Hill, I'm saying, one of the hand along with Mount Carmel and Cobden, a handful of teams that could have won a state championship that year. You know, I was looking at that newspaper. It was this was also the the day that Tuesday was the at night is when uh, Larry Bird made that famous steal when Isaiah Thomas jumped out of bounds real fast and tried to inbound the ball and Bird stole the ball and turned around and flipped it to Dennis Johnson for that layup yeah. against the against the Pistons. Uh, that was the same day. Austin down one. Bird got him by the horn. Drives around and the ball gets knocked out of bounds by eight. Oh, they go the other way. It's a three ball with five seconds to go. Thomas wants to get it in quickly. When I think I remember why I was watching that game, I remember the next day in math class would have had to be one of the last days of school. Mr. Bowser was talking about that. Uh, we talked about that that game. I'm surprised we didn't talk about the regional game, the regional championship game. Where, I guess, it took his mind off that yeah. crushing loss. To right. he didn't want to talk about the regional championship game. He wanted to talk about the Pistons and Celtics game in yeah. the next day. But um, yeah, so those are my what I always go back to when I think of that game. Um, but yeah, that's really. Um, so that kind of finishes up the 87 class A IHSA yeah, season there. That was fun to talk about. Like I say, that was very close to my heart. Obviously that was just a, a fantastic, uh, team from, from the dominance of Shannon Grismer down to the, the, the fun stuff with James Perrin and, and, and Jerome Thacker's bunting. And it was just a, it was a fun, fun team to be on. And, and, uh, we had just just had a lot of really, really good times with that, with that group and, and with coach Evans leading the way. Great season. And yeah, great. And I mean, this is, I mean, just what a way, I mean, you peaked at the, at the last week of your high school career was your peak of your athletic career. I mean, you, you, I mean, that's what you want You peaked at the right time personally and, at, at, and as a team, you guys did too. So. Yep. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. Hey, um, Real quick, just wanted to mention I talked about it on the last uh, the last show, but starting on Sunday, it's the Bandon Dune sessions on the B three podcast. So if you don't normally listen to our podcast that covers Southwest Indiana and regional sports stuff, uh, 
It's called the B3 Podcast. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. But we're kind of wrapped up our season. We're on our summer hiatus. But we're going to have some special shows called the Band and Dune Sessions. Um, your very own Gary Emmons and myself and our nephew Bryce and my son Sam are, are going out to the legendary Band and Dunes to play golf for a week. And we're going to take you along with us and talk about our rounds every day at this amazing golf resort. Uh, Gary, all walking. Um, one of the most beautiful properties in the country. Yeah, I think if uh, if you do nothing else, just do a simple search for Bandon Dunes and just, I mean, it looks like no other place in, in the United States for sure. It looks like you're in Ireland or Scotland and uh, we're going from 100 degree temperatures to it's every day out there. It's 62, 64 degrees every day. Um, probably a once in a lifetime trip with some very special people. And uh, really looking forward to uh, looking forward to next week. Yep. So if you want to, uh, if you're interested in golf and, and all that, we'll have a lot of laughs, and you can find out our adventures on that. Listen to the B3 podcast uh, next week from Sunday to Friday. We're going to talk about our rounds on the Band and Dune sessions. All right, all right guys. Have a, great, have a great time, guys. It's, um, as I said in the last pod, it was they do their preview episode back in March. If you want to dial back in the episodes to March, and it's a great they do a great job explaining Band and Dunes to someone like me that had no idea what Band and Dunes was. So I definitely you might want to listen to that leading up to Sunday's first episode live from the from the resort. Okay, well I think that'll do it for the 1987 regional baseball. I'm going to go cry in my beer now that uh, we brought that back up. But uh, don't know uh, what the next show will be. We'll do one here again in a couple of weeks, and we'll have to have a production meeting, figure out exactly what that will be. What Later else? On this summer, we will have the 91 and 93 regional recaps, so those are coming up sometime. Yep. So, all right, Dave, you got anything? You've been kind of quiet tonight. I don't know. This is I, one of the things I've always wondered, you know, why I wasn't a bigger fan of high school baseball. Yeah. You know, because I watched, not you, not your class, but right. Little League, I, I always liked those games. But and with, once I got to high school, I just never, I just never followed it. Yeah, then, like, listen to this. I, well, yeah, I guess. Not really, though. <laughs> Still in school, I guess. I don't know. Just it's not know. a sport that it doesn't get a lot of yeah. spectators. It, re- yeah, it didn't it then. It doesn't. Yeah. Does it's it just not a yeah it, yeah. It just makes me wish that it makes me wish like hearing this story. It's like that sounds like a great team. I wish I would like seen him play yeah. once. <laughs> 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 don't feel bad. I've only been to one high school baseball game in my entire life. So <laughs> I have that on video. Yeah. Oh, that's that. right. Yeah, that's the one. So, and as I mentioned on the show before, I remember that Saturday afternoon, May twenty third. My dad, I can remember watching him walk out the door to go. To, I, my dad never went to high school baseball, but he was catching the fever. He wanted to go watch Lawrenceville and Red Hill play, and he asked me if I wanted to go with him. My answer was no. So, <laughs> I, so I missed Brian's home run at Grayville that day, and I am kicking myself for that still to this day. And it was like my dad, he like knew, like he never went to high school baseball games unless I was, you know, later if I was playing in them, but he knew something was going to happen that day. Yeah. It did. I missed it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks to our sponsors and let them know you heard about them right here on the old school Red Hill podcast. Of course, that is Gray's Restaurant, Tyler Griffin's Pizza House. Andrews Insurance Agency, a division of the Burkhart Insurance Agency, and People's State Bank. Let them know you heard about them right here. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a good review if you think we're good enough to get a good review. So on behalf of Gary Emmons, David King, Chip Jamerson, I am Brian Emmons, and we are Red Hill. Let's go white. The Old School Red Hill Podcast is executive produced by Gary Emmons, David King, Chip Jamerson, and Brian Emmons, and is a production of Impulse Radio.